Okay, now where were we? Wouldn't mind having enough sex that the novelty wore off. Just mm. to see what that's like, and mm. it's, yeah. I just get such a boost when I have sex. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Oh, to watch. that's right. Oh. That's where we left off. Hey, this is Rose Cooper. You've tuned in to the Eloquent in the Room podcast, episode number eighteen, which is part three of love connection and bdsm my wonderful conversation with yo lee we're not going to do a big preamble this week fuck the preamble let's pick up where we left off and i'll catch you at the end So we had begun to compare notes around the fact that she had not had the same long-term relationship experience that I have had. So I understand how the dynamics of that work and how boredom can set in, whereas the novelty of new, (laughs) everything is new because um, she hasn't really had that long-term day-to-day live together experience for extended periods of time and that's where we are see what is emerging in regards to the language that we're using around consent and and education saying pleasure-based education and this sort of thing um and seeing sex recreationally at the same time acknowledging that it's a relational thing that occurs as well um but everybody's individual experience from person to person and within um, a relationship or whatever, there's going to be times where you could be with someone who you love so much and you have everything common and you're committed and you're married and all that sort of stuff. But you do go through the stage where you make it recreational because the... um, the emotional feeling that you feel for each other doesn't necessarily automatically trigger arousal. It just triggers mm-hmm. com- comfort, companionship, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because like, just just the getting naked with people stops being a, a novelty. And I, I always think, get so excited when somebody <laughs> like I, I, I'm, and I'm always the partner that's like can you please take off your clothes now? Will you please take off my clothes now? Like, you know, like I'm a person that I'm like, we could never get naked fast enough. Mm. Um, But it's because I love the sensual feeling of body with body. And my actual only experience with this is recently reading Esther Perel's book and hearing deeply all of the couples who were like, nope, deeply committed, super duper love each other, feel no fire for desire, you know, and, and learning through this book how many couples experience too much closeness, too much enmeshment. They don't have the space for the implicit, like you were saying earlier, dance of desire. And mm-hmm. and that's sometimes what causes different people to seek, you know, to, to have private space where their needs are met elsewhere and mm-hmm. um, and have all sorts of strange responses even when they love somebody very, very much. And so like mating in captivity blew my mind. And then like... Actually, I've also heard of a book called The Erotic Mind by Jack Morin. And Betty recommended it to me, and it was written a few decades ago, but it pretty much talks about arousal. 
Mm. what it is why it is whatever so it's a it's and it, it takes it's like everything I'm learning <laughs> all yeah it takes the judgment the shame the prescriptive yeah. ideas of what is and isn't attractive and arousing and all that sort of stuff yeah. and just sort of really really um there's a, a, I'm sure I haven't read the whole thing I've got it um but yeah it's it's just like there is no reason why some things are arousing or not arousing. So um, I also, are you familiar I'm with saying, Emily Nagoski's work? No. Her book, her book, Come As You Are is. Oh, right. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it's such a clear explanation of, of some of the stressors that come up. Some of the, for the, a lot of women, you know, she kind of has these four different um distilled examples of types of people who are experiencing mm-hmm. different sort of uh, sexual not issues, but just like different models of relationship types that we're dealing with, you know, so lower arousal, disparate arousal, and the way that she kind of describes like sexual accelerator and sexual breaks and how those, she has this kind of dual arousal model. That was also life-changing for me. And I happened to be reading it when I met my master. So I really feel like the universe was like, boom, your life is going to get sexy now. (laughs) And it just, and it just has. So Um, in the context of, um, being a submissive, um, how how has it changed your view, or if you if it did change your view, but um, around because um, I, I think we talked about it briefly the first time we spoke, but how that permission that you felt when someone else reads you and your needs and your wants and. Um, knows just how to push your buttons, whether it's psychological or whatever, have you been able to express whether it's to them or within yourself um, what sort of fulfilment you get from being submissive because commonly, I think common misconception of these dynamics is um, men are looking for a woman to boss or people are looking for people to be dominant over and submissives are by, um, just by the very word, just feels like there's no agency there. Yeah, and so... They are the plaything of the dominant rather than the submissive being the willing, desirous plaything. And, um, yeah, so talk me through that if you can. Well, so I just want to say there's a very big difference between like actually literally being someone's plaything and having no control Mm. and making an explicit mutual agreement about how you want to play so that I, Wyo, a woman who is in charge of literally thousands of things in my everyday life, I'm I'm a complete artistic entrepreneur and I do so many, I'm holding so much in my day to day life. Mm. I have an endless to do list that cannot be met. I wake up at 5.30 to write and I have to stop myself working at 8.30 so I can go to bed. Like I'm, a, I'm an insane workaholic because I'm making so much stuff I love. Mm. Sex fuels me up. Being a submissive is where I get to set down my load in a safe space to experience deep surrender in my body. Anyone who is experiencing anything that they do not desperately deeply want in a scene, in a BDSM scene, that is not safe BDSM. That is not real BDSM. Mm. Anyone who is a, who, and and I'm not saying, oh, you're a real top, you're a real, but not like that. I I mean, when I say real, I mean safe. Mm. In order for 
a kinky relationship to be healthy, partners must be on the same page about exactly what they want and about exactly the roles they're fulfilling for each other. So you don't want a top who is going to, for a second, shame you about ever using a safe word. Mm -hmm. It's an agreement to play out this certain thing. And the reason that you have aftercare, the reason that you talk extensively about desires and limits and what you want to do together it must be explicit because you're playing with such deep emotions. You can give each other gigantic, transcendent sexual gifts. But at the end of the day, the submissive is always in control. Mm-hmm. It's a shared burden, a shared responsibility, and any good dom worth their salt is never going to be under the influence, is always going to be closely tracking the safety mentally, emotionally, physically of the well-being of their slave. You know, they're always going to be tracking the safety and well-being of their submissive. Mm. It's a huge responsibility to be a dom. Anyone who thinks it's about finding an excuse to abuse someone needs to go to therapy before they ever lay their hands on anyone. Mm. You know, it's it's not a place to work out anger in a relationship. It's not that. It's a way to play together. It's a way for people... Excuse me, I'm having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> he's been do- He woke up from a nap. He's like, pay attention to me now. That cat's a top. <laughs> <laughs> he get- oh, it's actually so funny when my master comes over. He he's- loves him. He loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got really freaked out when uh, there's a thing called zippering. So I'm really into sensory play, sensation mm-hmm. play. And um, my master put clothespins all over my body, you know, so they get very pinchy. Um, but it, but it's, a, it's a big endorphin rush. And then you can tie them all together with a string and rip them off. So the first time I did that, I was like mm. screaming a lot. And I luckily live in a very concrete, thick-walled concrete building. So like I have a lot of good soundproofness in my place. But Muse, my cat, ran over and was like, Mah! like he was like so distressed by my screaming. Mm. So, please be quiet. I don't want to have to put you away. Um, So. (laughs) Oh! I'm so, I'm just going to run and put him in the bathroom. It's his, it's his like quiet zone because he's going to keep doing this otherwise and then I cannot think. (laughs) This has been happening for the last week. Go. (laughs) He's announcing that he did kitty business. Uh, He like likes to tell me. I don't know. Um, Clever boy. Sorry, he's distracting me. Um, So when I am a submissive, I get the benefit of being with someone who's just the other side of the puzzle for me. You know, we, we're extremely compatible when it comes to our needs. I was also trained as a submissive and I have a great people pleasing aspect. And so it feels really, it's such a gift to get to use that on someone who deeply appreciates me, who deeply desires me. I get so much out of mutual desire, like Mm. mutual generosity, having a partner that I never before had a partner that would touch me as much as I wanted to be touched. Mm. Someone who just loves my body, loves possessing my body. And, you know, so I do enjoy being a toy with air quotes and a plaything with air quotes. And I love to be used with air quotes, but it's because I have deep physical and ongoing working to keep a solid base of emotional trust in place Mm. so that we can do the crazy kinky play we do together. Mm. And that's, you know, the moments where we have separated are moments where one or both of us were 
we're not well-resourced enough in ourselves to come together in a way that would have been mutually beneficial for the well-being of all actively, you know? Mm. So it's, it's just a, a way to play. It's just so fun. It's playing roles. It's, it's playing out these archetypes and the submissive at the end of the day is always in control. And I think that's the most common misconception. People don't necessarily know safe word is total control. Mm. And, you know, when a dom is taking care of a submissive, if they are tied up and an emergency happens, it's the dom's job to get those restraints out. You know, like, so you have to be very safety minded, which is why when people share stories where they're like drunk and started fooling around with kink, I'm like, oh, Mm. what do you think you're going to do about safety next time? Because, you know, shaming people is not the answer, but I do get very scared. And so I think the portrayals of kink that we've seen in the media have not done our sex culture a, ser- a proper service. They've done a great disservice, I think, yeah. to the community. And I, I think it's hard because it's, it's, it's not about getting beaten. Mm. That's just part of it for some people. Yeah, you know? and re- regardless of whether it's kinky sex or vanilla sex, the person's experience is about them giving themselves permission to yes. be a sexual being. In uh, whatever way feels yeah, young, yeah. dirtiest, most terrible, most amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. and finding a space where it's mutually consensual. Yeah. So because, you're not doing it at someone. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're, you're getting the entire thing regardless of what why we're doing it we're all still after this high the hit that we're getting the endorphin rush and the the connection and and all that sort yeah. of stuff it's a higher state of consciousness you're you you're in the moment and um and uh i i'm into astrology and all that sort of stuff but for me when i'm really in that zone in that erotic zone i feel like i am i've melted into the world around me. The, yeah, me too, the, me too. The, the, the universe, you know. I am one with everyone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, mo- the more that happens and you, the more you allow yourself to give um, up your mm-hmm. sense of control over what your body can do, what mm-hmm. your emotions can do. Like you, like you were saying before, like sometimes you get a, a overwhelmed with all sorts of stuff and it's sensory and it could yeah. be emotional or it could be erotic and stuff. But, but that free fall, that jumping off the cliff, um, you're, the, the only difference between people who um, have fulfilling sex lives or don't have fulfilling sex lives isn't whether or not they're kinky or vanilla or hung up or whatever. It's what they're giving themselves permission to be and to experience and, mm. and whatever. So, and uh, if if the, if I had any remaining qualm or doubt or whatever as to the health, the healthiness of BDSM or, or anything like that, if I felt my triggers were actually telling me that it's wrong yeah, yeah I wouldn't have the conversation but I I wanted to have the conversation because I thought I think this is where this is where the common ground is this is where I need to go mm. um, because I'm seeing this aftercare language I'm seeing the the safe word that can uh, it's all about consent yes and it's about caring about the person that you're yes. with because yes. you're caring about their well-being in that yeah. moment so you've got a lot of people who are having a lot of sex out there with no concept 
and no way to communicate about it or no willingness, no culture. Like, I just want to normalize that, like, no, 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 the cool, sexy thing is to, like, you know, the, the book I'm writing now that I'm pitching to publishers is curious questions to ask your next lover. People mm. don't ask each other enough questions. Mm. I ask people questions all the time and they're like, you're such a good conversationalist. I'm like, well, now I ask people questions kind of for a living. I mean, not really for a living, but like, you know, like, well, try. it's your, it's your, Use raison, your imagination. Raison d'etre. You want, it, I guess so. I want to know everything. Force. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you because in that moment is intimacy. And sometimes until yeah. something actually comes out of your Sometimes you don't even know you have a strong opinion about something yeah. until someone asks you the question, how do you feel about dot, dot, dot. Or you freeze up and you can't articulate it and then you get mad and you don't know why or or you suddenly bury your heart and then your lover breaks up with you and then you write to me very angry about the advice I gave you. And I was like, well, that's why I don't give advice, you know, mm. because, I, because I, I desperately want everyone, if you're in a relationship, be with someone who accepts you. Mm. If you're not, get out. You deserve, you deserve yeah. someone. Like, you sp- like no matter how much you love them, if they don't accept all of you, mm. why? And, you know, and maybe that's why I'm 31 and single, but like I would rather be single than with somebody that like didn't want to know something about me. I, that to me doesn't make sense I can live on my own just fine. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel you. I feel, and also feel that you are very uh, fortunate. Unfortunately, doesn't really give you the your intelligence the um, credit it deserves because you know it, it takes a certain amount of intelligence <laughs> to expect the very, very simple thing. Like it sounds like a really simple thing when you lay it out going, well, if someone doesn't accept, I know people accept get me, mad for at I, me for who I am, then, you know, it's, it's, if you were an abusive person, no one should accept you for who you are. But you just, you're just saying if people just well, like, <laughs> I think you can weird. accept an abuser and put clear boundaries around how they're allowed in your life and, you know, around, around the support that you're willing to give them and around the time you're not willing to give them depending mm-hmm. on how they respond. Because it's like, again, you know, and this is also why people get mad at me half the time, like, especially, especially strangers on dating apps are like, you're so black and white. And I'm like, you asked me how I live my life. I don't make time or energy for people who actively try to make me feel bad about myself. Yeah, fuck. I have clear boundaries. Those are healthy for me. It's so they funny feel, on it, you know. So funny on an, on apps. Um, haven't done it for such a long time, but you just reminded me how obnoxious that idea was that guys could be immediately within a conversation goes for about half an hour say you're very such and such. Wow, I you're, had, you're so man, this, you're so that. And you're like, mm. I actually had a guy one time be like, when I read your profile, I couldn't believe the woman actually wrote it. It was so good. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I was like, you need to reread what you just wrote and do a lot of thinking about your socialization. <laughs> like, you know, because there's so many assumptions. And I, again, I just want to slip in just as an aside um, on dating apps, especially within the first exchange, um, sometimes it will be in response to a, a profile or something you say, but men can be prone to say, you're not like other women. You're different to most women I speak to. You're cool. You're this, you're that. And um, 
it's uh, it's an attempt to separate you from the herd. It's an attempt to make you feel special. It's an attempt to chime into your internal misogyny. Don't fucking buy into it. Because saying to someone, you're not like other women, is not a fucking compliment, is it? It's a tough world, especially mm. dudes are getting a lot of terrible messages. Ladies are getting a lot of terrible messages. Non-binary and trans people are getting a lot of terrible messages. Mm. If we cannot have compassion with each other, we're fucked and not in a good way, you mm. know? And so, so that's why I'm really just hoping that we can engage in more conversation without judgment, but with mm. clear boundaries. There's a big mm. difference, you know? Mm. Um, I like to always say on my podcast, like, I won't yuck your yum if it's consensual and legal. Yeah, you know? absolutely. absolutely. And so that's, that's kind of what, I, what I'm trying to offer people in this world because I think so many people, especially if we were raised with parents that were like uncomfortable or shame, you know, you sound like the coolest fucking parent in the world. But like <laughs> I, I didn't have parents that were full of ease when it came to talking about personal topics. And so like I had to learn, you know, I'm still learning that in some ways. And so it's, it's one of those things that I think if we could just offer I don't know the chance to stumble that that willingness to open up I lost my train of thought but yeah. you know but everyone, um, everyone has sex everyone eats everyone shits well everyone hopefully <laughs> some kind, they, like they either are having sex or or have some relationship to wanting it or not wanting it mm. you know and some usually some feelings around that mm. I have, you know, of course I haven't heard from the people who truly don't care about sex because they're not the ones writing to me from my podcast. They're not the ones looking for sex podcasts. So, you know, I can't speak for the whole world, but I know that, you know, humans are inherently creative beings and mm-hmm. a big part of that is sex. And so that's why I love exploring, you know, creativity and sex side by side because I believe mm-hmm. we're all creative humans. Yeah. We yeah. just need permission. Yeah, I think human is the operative word. I think we lose sight of that so much that that what it is to be human and we label everything good, bad, uh, everything to do with the naked body, with being a woman, with, you know, just all of these things. And um, uh, in this podcast series with consent, I'm really trying to approach it in all the different ways, but that the way the way that I want to center it around or meet in the middle is we all need to, like you say, be compassionate, hold space for each other around this conversation because um, the floodgates opened a few years ago with me too the floodgates open of people giving themselves permission to admit that things had been done to them and people understanding that people in power abuse it in certain ways and families abuse it in certain ways and all all this sort of stuff. And this floodgate opened and um, it created a, a really toxic space as soon as a group of people just sort of mobilize and and bring forward the idea that what goes on or what has gone on before is wrong and we have to stop it. But because we can't change humanity overnight, all of a sudden we seem to be on two sides, the people who are victims and the people who are perpetrators and that and and that mm. and that everybody you meet is a potential perpetrator under this sort of idea and everybody is a p- potential victim to me it's like mm. conversations that we have are people are ready to 
ready to dive in and and attack people for the attitudes and and beliefs and and questions that they have because they yet to understand within themselves. Yeah, honestly, that's so far from my own experience. What consent is, yeah, what consent is, what it really is, what it's really about, rather than this person is uh, a certain age to say yes. To, to me, that's the first thing when you think of consent, is the age of consent and whether or not they're saying yes mm. to sex. And yeah. that's, it's like, it's so complicated because uh, are we supposed to be each other's caretakers? Should we always be aware of where the other person is at? Am I sure that you're a grown-up person when you walk in the door, <laughs> how do we know these things about each other? And, yeah. and, and how do we know that that person isn't going to disrespect us? It's You just don't know. Right. I think and, that's the, the hardest part about the human experience. And mm. the other tragedy is that you can have two people doing their absolute best and they can still hurt each other. Yeah. Our best can still fall short. And yeah. that's so human. And that's something that I have to remind myself all the time, but exactly what you were saying about that binary experience. I don't have that, but that I first became aware of these like weird lines being drawn in the sand during a during one of the Me Too conversations with Aziz Ansari and his anonymous date who yeah. went by the name Grace in this article. And I remember just like hearing the arguments on both sides and being like, why are there sides? Why is this an argument? Clearly, there's a giant glaring miscommunication that is being amplified in our culture. Mm. So that is actually why I started Sex Stories. It was like January 2018 that I was like, this, I, I need to bring this. I have the answer. You know, like I was a few months into this kinky relationship. I get you. No, I and get I was you. just like, everybody needs to know how to communicate explicitly for themselves. And, you know, what I've also learned is we're all on our own journey of discovering our own boundaries, our own wants, our own desires, our own capabilities. But I don't know, the more, the more the people seem willing to talk about it, the more that I'm like, that, that's how we begin to take care of each other. That's how we begin to discover if maybe this person is at least going to try to take care of me. And if we both fail, can we do a repair? Can we both grow from it? You know, and so I've, I've been really for myself trying to remove the binary language, the right, the wrong, the shoulds, the shouldn'ts, the healthies, yeah. and just like go moment to moment and be like, what do I need now? Mm. What is correct for this moment? Mm. What are the long-term injustices I can correct? I'm reading this book right now called God and Sex. And it basically walks through, it's a biblical scholar and he walks through what the Bible actually says about sex. And so many of the early, first of all, quick takeaways, adultery is worse than sleeping with a prostitute. Sleeping with a prostitute was talked about as very common, Mm. uh, like a common practice, but was considered a waste of resources. Um, and, And just like rape is mentioned, but it's like bad because it damages either the husband that owns the woman or the father that owns the woman. But it's not yeah. about the woman's experience. You know, so hearing yeah, all the shame like thing. baffling mm-hmm. origins of mm-hmm. like the mistreatment of of people, of each other in our sexual society is just mind-blowing. But um, I don't know. I think the work you're doing, the work we are doing is, mm-hmm. is part of the discovery and healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully may we move the needle as much as yeah. possible in our own lifetimes. We're, we're in a situation where we want to feel better um, about the bad decisions 
that we make. And it's But even like, I push back on that word bad mm-hmm. because to me that's a word that speaks to self-judgment. And I think that the longer humans stay stuck in the good, wrong, healthy, not healthy, good, bad, right, wrong, you know, like like I the last guy that I was attempting to date during COVID kept being like, Yeah, but when two people are talking and, and there's a miscommunication, don't you think someone's at fault? And I'm like do these people both want to be talking to each other or is like the person that's trying to get heard like accosting the first person? He's like, no, they want to be in a conversation. I was like, sounds pretty mutual to me. I don't, I don't, I don't enter conversations like looking to blame my conversation partner. Same, you know, and he had a narcissist issue. Like he finally was just like, oh, my mom is like legit a narcissist and I have some tendencies. And I was like, thank you for letting me know. Yeah. You know, and, and ultimately we weren't able to see eye to eye to, um, you know, to be in a place where we could communicate in a way that felt good for me to have him in my life. So I said, I wish you well and I wish you goodbye. Mm. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the burritos. Like get out yeah. <laughs> because, because it's just not, you know, there's a certain amount of personal responsibility that I think we have to have to ourselves to be like, yes, I tried something. Here's how it went here's the parts I was responsible for. Here's the parts I wasn't responsible for. And I think a lot of people aren't clear on what that is because we don't have good messaging. So that's Mm kind of one of my life goals is to just get people thinking through their emotional experience as they're like stumbling through this confusing sex life, this confusing experience of trying to have sex in the, in this century. And, um, I think it's more complicated. And I think that if we can't, slow down enough and I'm not a slow person like I I struggle so much with being patient but it's like the lesson I have to learn over and over again is like slow down listen mm. and so that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do mm. yeah but as you've heard sometimes I'm like <laughs> <laughs> no but you you you're so right though it's just um just like the problem that we've had in the past or one of the biggest problems that we've had in the past is women not accepting or understanding that the blame did not belong to them that definitely did not yes and, which is and, a and, huge and not ask yeah and not speaking up and stuff because i know my mother used to say you, you shouldn't be a prick tease and all this sort of stuff that yeah. led me to acqu- oh yeah to acquiesce to coercion and all that sort of stuff looking back so like i say i don't blame myself for being in a position where um, I was taken advantage of and abused and, and whatever, but I understand and acknowledge that the mixed signals that the other person may help, may or may not have got, like I've, I'm the situation that you find yourself in. So we all have to be. I think we all have to be more clear and more responsible. If you are a, a massive hornbag and you love sex and all that sort of stuff, take yourself to places where you can have all that rather than expecting people in your life to fulfill that for you i i think the assumption that you just for clarity we mean the universal you she's not talking about me are a horn dog and need to take it out on someone because i think i'm a very horny person mm. and it's not just because i'm a woman i have self-control mm. i'm attracted to so many people i want to have sex often and 
I make sure that I make ethical choices. Mm. I do not sleep with people if I understand that they're more attached to me already than I am to them. I do not sleep with them if I think we're on a different page about what it means to each of us. I do not sleep with them if I know that there's something, like if I know going into it that something I'm going to do is going to make them feel bad. And again, it's tricky because you don't want to take away their agency. You don't want to give them like not the opportunity to make their own choices. But for myself, I've learned what is best for me to make choices about when I have a certain feeling about something. And so I listen to it. Mm. And I think that until, you know, how can we expect such big strides from each other when we barely talk about it? Think about how much our culture has shifted in the last two generations about what women are allowed to experience. We didn't get a new rule book. We're still watching the same movies. We still have the same shitty jealousy-oriented love triangle stories in our movies. So that's what I'm trying to change with all the work that I'm doing is telling different stories that show a different way Mm -hmm. and sharing the real-life stories because... Real people are so nuanced. Real people, Mm -hmm. when we talk to each other one-on-one in depth, Mm -hmm. I mean, Christian people are into super kinky shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And also... I think it goes with the territory because there's that guilt and punishment and all that sort of stuff. Well, and also, I learned that in the Bible, there's a lot of masters. And, like, Mm -hmm. the women are supposed to be subservient to their masters, the men. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, why aren't there more kinky Christians? That's the thing. Obey is in the... used to be the um, given... It's it's like they took the worst parts and they took out the sexy parts of it. I'm like, let me be a sex slave. Talk about about missing the point. Oh, my God. You Bible. Uh, yeah, but patriarchy, yes. whatever. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, yeah, covered that with Betty as well because I was like, uh, we're talking about the language of um, uh, the divine goddess and sacred sex and, and once you put all these words, which essentially are religious context to, to things, yeah. I'm saying we're only doing that to give ourselves permission to be horny. <laughs> I feel I better disagree. about it if we, for, for if we myself, dress it up like that, you know. I would say for myself, sex is the closest I've had to a religious experience. Mm. I feel transcendent mm. when I am yeah. orgasming on the end of a cock or a hand or a mouth or, you know, like, and, and that's where I'm like, oh, no, this is God. Hi, God. I love you. Well, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's full acceptance of yourself in that moment, just as it is full acceptance of the other person. It's like the, like that free fall into the, best, yeah. the uh, alchemy that or whatever it is that's, that's happening and the expression and the ex- ecstasy. Yeah. Like are we, are we all sp- I don't know the Bible very well. We're all supposed to go on the rapture, but I'm like, isn't the rapture a cool thing? Like, <laughs> doesn't the word rapture mean you're like really, yeah. really ecstatic? So, mm, yeah. So there's all of that, all of that interweaving, and that's how Madonna is like her entire career was being the sexy Catholic girl and and very, very being very uninhibited. But God was mm. always somewhere. Jesus and the cross and everything was always emblematic of of that. So um, it's kind of hilarious when you think about it the 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 marriage of religion and sexuality has um in trying to make us all pure has instead created uh an atmosphere for making making i don't i don't buy for a moment that religion was ever out to make humans pure like that's what they well the the appropriation the the appropriation of the idea that you've got priests and nuns and they're supposed to be yeah all that sort of 
fucking hell. I think, <laughs> I think whenever humans try to be perfect, it doesn't go well because we mm. are perfectly imperfect. And so, you know, I think, I think submission is what's helped me kind of embrace that about myself and embrace, you know, the, where I am in this moment and not, mm. and not have judgment around it, but just know like, okay, this is where I am on this part of my journey. Yeah. Okay. I go next. Yeah. It's so like, it's so complicated and, um, uh, ultimately, I think we're both really, really uh, uh, desperate for everybody to feel self-acceptance. At the end of the day, I think that's... You well, know, I try not to be was, desperate, but I do have a strong wish for people to love themselves, and that's why I try to, like, silly yeah. them into it with sexy, yeah. sexy things. Yeah, you do silly yeah. them into it with sexy, sexy things. Sometimes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's like, you know, that's my offering. It's like, what if what if you could be an extremely weird, silly, whatever-the-fuck-you-want person and also be a sex sexy mom? person. Mm. Like, what if, what if, so. Yeah, yeah. I could talk to you forever. Yeah, yeah, it'll be wonderful. I'd love to meet you one day. Ah, I, I, I celebrated, the, it's not the word, but a year, it's been a year since I've had sex. And you can, okay. get, and you can get really kind of um, complacent and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. So lately I've been taking out or, or exactly using that um, sexual space or, or uh, energy, sensual energy, erotic energy, just purely to being creative and being silly Beautiful. and physical and all that sort of stuff. So I've been doing a lot of more to, to dial back to where we started getting yeah. online and doing stuff and I'm making reels and all this yeah. sort of stuff and going, um, yeah, it's 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 uh, you, it's something you can pick down, pick up, and put down. Yes. And yeah. sometimes it's part of you all the time. But I sometimes, think, but sometimes yeah. it's not. And but I just sometimes it's cheap. It. You can you can put it down, but yeah, um, don't forget about it. It's still there. <laughs> no, and well, and that's it's so funny. So I started doing a I started doing a weekly live stream that's on Sundays and. You know, I have everyone do a quick like one to two minute check-in, like sexual check-in at the beginning, whoever wants to. But but sometimes people are like, oh, I don't have a check-in. Like I'm not doing anything. And I was like, are you masturbating? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, that's a check-in. Are you not having any sex? They're like, yeah. I was like, that's a check-in. Like, <laughs> like why is that not as worthy as the crazy sex we have? Because mm. other stuff can come forward. Like I, I don't have sex all the time. Do I want more sex? Yeah. But do I also love having most of my time devoted to making stuff? I love that too. That's also why like having really long sessions once a week or so really works That's, for me. Yeah, <laughs> Like absolutely. I love to devote a whole day to sex and then be like, focus, focus, focus. But like, absolutely. I'm a person that can focus for hours at a time. So yeah. no, I, I, I hear that. I hear that. It's like, yeah, make time. Cause you can have a whole bunch of orgasms in that. Yeah. So I just want to like make up for not doing it every day in the week. <laughs> Yeah, and I want to celebrate the creativity in the times where we don't feel horny because I think that's, you know, sometimes we, leaves fall off trees in the fall. They mm. got to regrow in the spring. Sometimes we got to hibernate. Like, yeah. And it's not, you know, um, it just it just is. And I think for myself, like giving myself permission to have the full range of experiences is actually what's allowed me to go between them more easily in my yeah. own experience. Um, and that feels really exciting to just know that like, you know, nothing's ever permanent. It's going to definitely change. Yeah. I, the only thing I know for certain is everything will definitely change. Yeah. <laughs>
don't know who said that, but that's a thing. And I think it's a, gosh, it's a stupid Bible quote, I think, isn't it? Where the, the birds got the song, I think it was the birds, to everything there is a season and blah, 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 and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So you've got time to say, time yeah. to read, time, blah, blah, blah. But um, celebrating sex and getting over it. I think everybody needs to get over everything that vexes them and, and, and holds them back and all that sort of stuff or obsesses them and gets them addicted mm. to porn or whatever. Get over it and celebrate it, but get over it at the same time. Like, don't make it be the be-all and end-all, but don't forget that it's amazing. Like, find mm. that balance. And people, I think, sometimes just get so out of whack with the negativity towards it or the super positivity towards it can be quite, mm. um, can be bullying people about their attitude and projecting a lot of things and putting people down and shaming them and all this sort of that's, stuff. So, that's not my yeah. cup of tea. Mm. Although I hope, I hope I haven't accidentally bullied people with my enthusiasm. My, my hope is to just like welcome whatever is because I know that that's what's changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Friend, sweet friend, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Oscar, uh, um, obviously, I'm going to re- release the um, audio of this, and that pause was just me just smiling very, very wide at Wyo because I was like, oh, I love you. You're so sweet. <laughs> Big love from across the ocean. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, yes, thank you so much for giving me your time. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So I will be dropping your links into the show notes of the podcast and I will be putting out a promotional thing, which will be a a video of of us talking. It'll be hard to find a highlight. There's going to be quite a few to choose from. Um, But um, I know we've got um, your account, Wiley, on Instagram. We've Mm -hmm. we've got Sex Stories on Instagram. We've got Sex Stories Podcast, which is so. Places, I'll yeah. just say that I have this spiel very practiced. Cool. Do it. Yay. So, so you can follow me. My personal is at Wildly. I'm also Wildly on OnlyFans. You can follow us, the sex podcast at Sex Stories Pod. And if you want to like see what the podcast is about, visit sexstoriespodcast.com. And then you can find all of my art stuff on Wildly.com. That's W-Y-O-H-L-E-E.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we those go. are all the places like that. Well, those link to everything. Yes, yeah. yes. So we're art sluts. Yes. Hello, art. <laughs> and slut. you're a, you're a slutpreneur as well. Slutpreneur. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I think that's someone's actual title. Like that's someone's brand. I know I've come across. I think that's a podcast. Slutpreneur. I think she. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I make stuff. Not all of it is sexy. That's the thing. It's like people are like, "Oh, you do the sex stuff." I'm like, "Well, I guess a lot of it is erotic, but like, I do a lot of things that aren't. I take yeah. headshots of children. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do whatever work. I build wet. You know, like. Although I, I will say, a lot of my energy lately has been going toward the sexy stuff. So, and pleasure oriented stuff, and just creativity in general. So, mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Happy yeah. to know my art love from yeah. around the world. But it's it's kind of like just like I say you're you're a celebrator you celebrate it and yeah. you yeah embrace it and.
and it's not a sense of anybody taking advantage in any kind of salacious way or, or prescribed oh. way. It's very, it's very, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's like, what's your version? Wait, what do you like? Cool. Here's what I like. Yay. You know, and that's, I think I didn't feel permission for so long to be my own beautiful creative self and I squashed myself. And so I want to help other people unsquish because my whole life changed. I I grew up thinking that, like I was raised by military medical professionals, very loving, but like didn't identify as an artist. And now that's all people see when they see me. They don't see that it's very fresh and very new and that that's why I want to celebrate the gifts that I think we are all given, whether or not we choose to do them for our work. Yeah. It's easy to look at you and see that that you were fully formed um, for a long time. Fuck no. (laughs) No, I only started using the word artist about myself a couple years ago. I think I was 28. Yeah. you know like yeah. like I haven't really and then I was like it was very hesitantly so um you know I just encourage people to like stop just just do whatever the fuck you want for yourself don't harm other people but do you know what I mean yeah. like just find your own joy so that's kind of the, yeah. the that's the stuff I'm working on mostly and exploring all the different eroticisms yeah that's awesome anyway uh, reluctantly I will let you go <laughs> Uh, we shall talk again soon, my friend. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, I might come drop into one of your live streams, maybe. Please do. Honest. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I have to work out what, what the time is. <laughs> I, that would work because it, it is at five p.m. So that's like right when we're talking. That you know, like it, it's in our zone. So I think that it sounds like fun. fun. It, they're so fun. It's it's great. It's great. Um, okay. Yay. Yay! All right, sweetheart. Well, I'll be in touch. And okay. uh, big hugs. Big love to you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You've made my day. You made my yeah, you week, made definitely. Love you. Yeah. Mwah. Bye. Oh, I think you can hear just how difficult it was to say goodbye. We spent around three hours talking and, um, yeah, it just it's hard. It's hard to say goodbye. Um, and being sort of COVID times um, and I've been busy moving and, and all that sort of stuff, having that meaningful um, connection with people, uh, that intimacy of having a, a long conversation um, and eye contact, even though it's, you know, on the internet, we just, we had a really lovely bubble of love going there and um, I'm just so grateful to have stumbled upon her by accident. And, um, yeah, like I say, I hope that's not the last time you hear from Wyo. I'm so glad that um, we ended up talking about creativity because where I'm at now, I've just uh, chopped the last two pieces together and I'm doing them both on the same day. I'm filing them on the same day. Today's the 29th of January, actually, and it's a big deal for me to do that because over the last few months, I have been putting these things together kind of at the last minute, sweating over them and um, and trying to sort of find a a creative groove, uh, but it just I just haven't done it. I haven't done it. I haven't scheduled creativity. I haven't um, set a timetable. I haven't done the things that you need to do in order to produce um, the kind of work that you're always carrying around in the back of your mind. I want to make some videos to put on YouTube. I want to make music. Um, I want to 
schedule that. I want to be organized. I want to be that person that is really got their shit together. <laughs> I know there's people out there that can relate. Um, we're all in our bubbles at the moment, particularly people who are confined to isolation, particularly creatives who are confined to isolation. So I'm using the uh, enthusiastic impetus of uh, putting these two podcasts together back to back. Listening to Wyo again is so invigorating um, and inspiring and listening to the two of us be friends and um, and have these tricky conversations are just so reinforcing to me that I am on the right track with this podcast. And now I'm just going to take a breath and um, hopefully expand <laughs> into more creative realms. Um, this is my little mission statement. Guys, I'm using this opportunity to pump myself up so when I talk to you again, it'll be after me having taken three weeks off thinking about the podcast and doing other things and hopefully I'll have something to show for it and I'll burst into that podcast going, hey guys, over the last four weeks I've been doing this, this and this. I'm holding myself accountable and I'm using you to do it. How does it feel? <laughs> it's a good trick. You can do it at home. You can, you know, have these spontaneous outbursts with someone and um, get your mission statement happening and set yourself creative goals. But try not to be finish line oriented, be goal oriented. Um, make plans, set goals. We've been in a massive slump. We've been in a scary place. We've been in uh, the eye of the storm. We've been in Trumpism. We've been in Black Lives Matter. We've been in everything. We've been in our own personal conflicts um, and dilemmas and emotional traumas and and highs and lows. It's It's been a... It's been a thing. <laughs> 2020 and the beginning of 2021, it's been a thing. So I'm going to take a breath. I've been sort of running on ice, playing catch up because I had to move. So I'm settled in now. I'm getting my shit together. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll come back to you on the 2nd of March with so much exuberance and um, so much to talk to you about. But we'll still be talking about consent, okay? So please send me that feedback. Go to the blog site, theeloquentintheroom.com. Visit me on Instagram. Give me some feedback about this wonderful voyage we've taken with Wyo. Okay, that's enough rambling and psyching myself up. It's time to go. Um, and just for something different, I'm going to play us out with the alternate theme that Riley, my son, composed when he composed the one I'm using now that I've been using for the last few months, which is very groovy and has a big horn section. That's what she said. This is a really different and it's kind of spacey and groovy and a bit weird. But hey, let's just cruise on out with it. Let me know what you think of it. And uh, 
I might alternate them from time to time or get him to write something new. Why not? We live together now. I can do that. But I have to make an appointment because he's a very busy creative guy like I am. Love you all. Talk to you soon. <laughs>